Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Football Bros. I am your host here, Mark Hogan. I'm joined along my co-host, Derek Randall. Derek, good morning here. It is Sunday, Sunday, November 3rd. Uh, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, waking up early to this podcast since we've been on a bit of a hiatus again. Uh, we've kind of struggled keeping consistent this year, but... Staring down the barrel of a three and six start, so not so well. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a rough year here for you. And um, I mean, look, I think you were kind of in a similar spot to last year. So, um, you know, I I think probably the biggest piece of news that's gonna that still hasn't came out for you is Devontae Adams, right? <sighs> that bastard. Yep. Uh, that trade is just and hold me down um i'm pretty sure i've lost i i've lost three more games than what i would have if i didn't make the trade so hindsight's 2020 but it's definitely had an impact on my season yeah i mean i think everyone kind of acted like he was only going to be out a week and that's why they kind of criticized you for this trade but um I think I even said it's one of those injuries that certainly lingers and, you know, it, it can last a lot longer than people think. Um, and it's a very painful injury as well. So we'll see what happens. The tough thing about Devontae Adams is that he plays in the 430 game. Yeah. And so there's not really going to be, you know, I think um, the head coach just Matt LaFour just came out and said two days ago that, they're going to make a game, uh, really uh, a decision 90 minutes before kickoff. So, um, <laughs> Perfect. you know, you're, you're, you're going to have, you'll have a decision roughly right around three o'clock. But um, so if you have any other four o'clock guys, you can do that. But it's going to be, it's going to be pretty limited here. I'm actually in uh, same, the same position in my other league. And I have literally, I have DJ Moore. I could also play if he were to be out. Um, and I could even throw in my flex, maybe even like Carlos Hyde. So I, I have decent options, but they're like, for instance, DJ Moore is about to start, um, at one o'clock as, uh, as well as Carlos Hyde at nine thirty, So, uh, nine thirty AM. So, um, oh, I'm in, a, I'm in the same spot where I had to go out and, you know, just pick up, uh, Alan Lazar and I got him in that other league and, um, you know, it, it would be really unfortunate to have to play Alan Lazard over like guys like Carlos Hyde and DJ Moore. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think I'm in a poor position because, um, right now my receivers are set up as Shepard, Devontae Adams, and Jarvis Landry, but I might have to take Shepard out and put Deontay Johnson in, who plays at one for an insurance policy for if Devontae doesn't play. Um, then I can put Shepard back in there, Ugh. which would suck because I don't want to use Deontay Johnson, but I'm feeling a pretty uh, pretty strong lack of options here. Yeah, so it's kind of a rough position to be in. Hopefully it plays. Um, all right, so how about we how about we get started here? We'll, we'll go ahead and recap uh, really everything that happened last week. I don't – you know, we, we missed uh, the pod the week, from the week prior uh, – Again, this year has just been a little bit tougher here for us uh, in regards to getting this done every single week. So we apologize here for that, guys. But, um, 
you know, there's uh, we'll, we'll probably cover one or two things. Maybe maybe even before we go into this week um, and then preview uh, this upcoming week. Um, how about we just hit on Caleb's voicemail here from two weeks ago? I know it's pretty at this point, pretty far past um, when he sent that in, but got to give him a little shout out and, you know, make sure we include it since he did uh, submit a voicemail here uh, just uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to send a shout out to the Atlanta Falcons especially starting quarterback Matthew Ryan, who threw for a whopping 159 yards, one interception, one fumble, and a big old goose egg in the touchdown department, leading to a whopping 2.6 fantasy points. Exactly what I needed this week, Matt. I hope the rest of your season continues to have 300 yards and two to three touchdowns a game because this is a two QB league, Matt. I can't bench you. There's no other fucking quarterbacks. Step your fucking game up, Matt. You play for the Falcons. You were up by 25 points and lost the Super Bowl. Grab your balls and put them back in the sack, Matt. It's time to win some fucking games. Stop shitting on me. All right, so uh, Caleb Caleb basically is complaining about he, he claimed, complained about Matt Ryan how he had such a terrible game, only threw for like 150 passing yards, threw a pick and, a, and had a fumble. Um, this was two weeks ago. If people don't remember, um, so I don't I don't think he realized in the voicemail that. Matt Ryan did get hurt in that game, <laughs> and so he got he didn't play the full game. Um, Classic Caleb. So, but not nevertheless. I mean, he put up like three points or something horrible like that, and um, and just really crapped the bed. So he basically was just complaining about Matt Ryan not giving him any points. Uh, I can understand his frustration. Yeah, <laughs> but Matt Ryan, when he's played, has been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks this year. So, Caleb, uh, keep riding that train. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, it was an injury. So, it's like one of those things where it sucks, but it's like, what can you do? Um, so, I'm sure at this point he does know that he got hurt. So, I would <laughs> think. So Right. So, also, he wanted us to hit on, too. Um. Oh, I guess that was from a few weeks back, or maybe that was last. Maybe that was week seven. His selection of the Giants' defense against Arizona, having twelve points against uh, Arizona, so he thought that was a pretty notable call. Which he's been, he's had some amazing streamer defenses this year. Um, I think last week he used the Lions' defense, and they had a touch. Yeah, he had the Lions' defense against the Giants, then who had a touchdown. So been finding those uh those good team defenses to stream normally i'm i'm all for streaming defenses in most leagues but like it's like this one it's one of those things where like it's only a matter of time until you miss and (laughs) if you miss and you get the negative points it could really uh come back to bite you so it's like one of those things where 
screaming, I think, in, in regular leagues is perfectly fine with your defenses. In a league like this, where it can, where a defense can really hurt you, um, it is a much riskier task. Considering if you're wrong once or twice, it could really, really screw you up. So, absolutely, yeah. With our negative points towards defenses, it can be tough to uh, even find a startable defense. Sometimes it's better to just go with none. I would say um, than start a crap defense. You're saying just not even play one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've thought about it when I've had defenses on by, just completely avoid that risk of the negative points and just not have to drop a player. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things, though, where, you know, you do that. The one time you do that, and that's when you have the defense literally sitting on your bench with another extra 10 points. So um, it's just like one of those things where you never know. And um, defense is one of the hardest things, in my opinion, to predict, especially in this league, because of the way the scoring is set up for team defense. Um, but anyways, let's go back into uh, – so how about we'll just recap everything that happened here last week. And um, we can we, – if you want, we'll start off with uh, Nate and Jack. It looks like Nate just completely – Poor Jack a new one. One sixty-eight point six to ninety-two point three. Absolutely ugly. Oh, this is rough. So I mean, Nate's team just continues to roll here. Um, talk about having a good team defense. He's got one of the best defenses that they're saying of all time in the Patriots defense this year. Um Mason Rudolph has been okay. Uh, he's certainly been decent at least filling into that OP spot with an average of like roughly 15 points a week. Um, Josh Allen is keeping him alive, but really he's just had amazing uh, performances from his running backs and wide receivers throughout this entire season. Um, so we'll see how that continues here, but I would expect certainly, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be playing Jameis this week. Um he threw Kittle on his bench for Waller. It doesn't really matter between those guys. Like he's he's pretty just he's just pretty loaded here. He's absolutely stacked. I mean, wow. There's no weakness on his team. He's got a fair amount of depth here. I mean, it Nate's only thing that we've said before about Jack in the past is he's gonna run into that problem in the playoffs of who do I start? And he could end up looking back on his seasons and saying, Man, I really wish I started. Allen Robinson over Terry McLaurin in the first round or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's these, all these guys he's got that are very startable fantasy assets and he just has to choose which ones to roll with every week. Well, I think full strength, he's going to go, I mean, this would just, in my opinion, be the right move, but you got to play Galladay every week. You got to play Amari Cooper every week. Um, and I would probably play Allen Robinson over McLaurin every week still, uh, just because he's a little bit more established in a, in a slightly more stable situation um, than the Redskins. So, and then, you know, but I, I, especially with tight end, it's like Kittle or Waller. Waller is really just, in my opinion, like it was, I, I really thought, I think you thought the same, it was that hard knock type and, I mean, the guy has just really kind of had this, like, 
career revelation here. So, um, but I don't know, man. I like I would probably still consider Kittle most weeks over Waller. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, but, Kittle's consistently amazing every single week, but. In the same sense, Waller has been too. So, yeah. I mean, it's good, I guess, to have that insurance of multiple top five tight ends on your roster. Um, looking across the other side, though, I mean, Jack's definitely in um, – this is a challenging spot here for him uh, this year because, you know, I think Goblin and Juju are automatic, but, you know, Cooks um, – Brandon Cooks is just not really – I mean, he put up zero points, but I think he got hurt, right? Yes, he got hurt. He had he got a concussion, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, he's out so. a couple of weeks, I think. I don't think he's playing this week, so he's going to have to – are the Browns on bye? They were last week, okay. not this week. So, um, I wonder – off the top of my head, I forget who they're playing. I guess we'll go into that. Um, but I'm sure he's going to be playing Odell then. They're playing the Broncos. So, Odell against Chris Harris – Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen out of that matchup. I think the biggest challenge for him is figuring out this whole David Johnson situation, though. God, what a mess Arizona's become. Um, they went from that workhorse running back situation where you knew it was DJ each and every week getting everything. And then Edmonds built a case for himself to get a little bit of a role. And then here comes Kenyon Drake, <laughs> adding to the confusion. So, um. Yeah, it sucks to be invested in Arizona running backs. I mean, like the Cardinals are totally cool with it because it's helping them be more productive. People don't know how to game plan for them. It's good for Kyler Murray. But end of the day, I mean, like Jack literally started Chase Edmonds and he gave him three points last week. So um, and now Edmonds got hurt. You had Ken Ken and Drake come in. So even when David Johnson's healthy. Um, you got to imagine this is a full-blown committee. Um, and I guess I wouldn't even call it healthy, but just healthy enough to play, which is why we're going to be looking at a full-blown committee here, I would say, for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, DJ's going to be that top guy, but these other guys have worked up enough of a, enough of a job that there's no way DJ is going to cross RB2 status. You know what I mean? He's not going to be an RB1. Yeah. It's going to be an RB2 moving forward. And, boys, A.J. Green, is he ever going to come back here? Supposedly, uh, next week, week 10, um, only to go play with a backup quarterback because Andy Dalton was benched on his birthday. <laughs> so that is, um, that is really just – that's savage. It is savage because let they're they're on a bye week, so like they're they're not even practicing this week. So to decide to tell him on his birthday is astonishing. Like just do it the day after, man. Like exactly, I get it. You you want to give the whole week to the other quarterback to prepare, but just like, can you just do it the day afterwards? Like I don't even think they probably knew when they told him and then found out afterwards. <laughs> like how do you not know your franchise's quarterback for the last ten years? His birthday is the day you're benching him. Like, how do you not know that? <laughs> because they don't Maybe. care. They're the Bengals. Like, it's just a constant shit show and circus. Like, these guys, it's just, it's a cyclical thing here. So, but I mean, like, we said it, we said this when we were drafting. Like, 
you you draft AJ Green. First of all, people are drafting him way too high for you know all all the injury concerns and everything else. Um, and this is what you get. So I mean, like the good thing is Jack's still in a good spot. Um, he's six and two, I believe. So if he can just stay alive uh, until some of these things get cleared up and AJ Green comes back, I mean, I don't see AJ Green as more than like a number three receiver. Um, and he's probably not playing him over his other three or four guys. But um, in the event that one of those guys goes down or, you know, continues to not perform, he might have to consider him. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, and then lastly, I mean, James Conner is another guy that's now banged up. So, um, you know, you're going to be looking at the idea that he's probably not going to have full workloads in the future and, you know, certainly going to be, um, competing some snaps here to Jalen Samuels. Definitely, which was already happening before Jalen Samuels got hurt earlier in the year, is that they, were, they weren't they were in a split, but Jalen Samuels was getting a lot of third down work. And then when Jalen got hurt, it was the James Conner show. Well, then he couldn't hold up to the workload, just like last year. And, um, yeah, I he's going to miss this week. And it sounds like he's likely to miss next week as well. Um and so would, he's just that would be bad. I think like I don't. I haven't looked at the Steelers' schedule, but I I'd imagine their schedule is getting tougher here because they've played some pretty crap teams here uh, recently. Yeah, I know they play the Colts uh, today. So beyond that, I'm not sure. But yeah, we'll see what happens. How about they, we uh, move on here? We'll go to Andres and Carl. And. Uh, so Carl beat Andres. He won 136.8 to 125.7. So certainly a close matchup. And, you know, you look at this matchup and it's just the, uh, Julian Edelman, of course, continues the ball out, but it's like the rest of Andres' team. I mean, like his second best player was his defense. So that's, you can't really rely on that every single week. I mean, San Francisco defense is one of the best defenses in the league right now, but, um, when you look at the rest of this team, you can't really – I mean, I know Kirk had a big workload last week, but then he came back down to life this week. He's just going to be an inconsistent player. And then Adrian Peterson and Sony Michelle, they just – I don't know, man. There's just like – there seems like certainly – it's like, a, again, one of those like higher floor kind of situations, but very low ceiling when it comes to full PPR running backs. Yeah, absolutely. Um Andres is in a pretty tough spot. His team, he made some trades to make himself more relevant, but I don't know how much more relevant he can make himself, if <laughs> if you know what I mean. I mean, he's got Edelman, and then Kirk just came back from injury, which helps him. But, I mean, beyond that, his when your second quarterback every week is Fitzpatrick or Baker, um, you're in trouble. I mean, the way Kenyon Drake played uh, this on Thursday night, I, I mean, I could totally see him trying to get cute with it and throw Kenyon Drake into his OP spot or something, or maybe over one of his running backs, depending on the matchups uh, in future weeks here. Well, Adrian Peterson's only viable for two more weeks because yeah. then Geis is back. So he's going to lose another running back. And, I mean, he's not even going to have a choice at that point but to play Kenny and Drake and hope that Drake ends up in the end zone, I guess. So I, yeah, he's, he's in for a, a lot of work here. 
looking on the other side, uh, Carl's team um, is looking pretty decent here. I mean, it just seems like he at a minimum has one of his receivers who, well, Michael Thomas goes off every single week. And then DJ Chark is a guy who really, um, who has really been a blowout, uh, blow up candidate here this year for um, one of the top receivers in the league. Um, Marvin Jones, uh, I know this didn't happen this past week, but the week prior that we didn't do the pod, Marvin Jones had four touchdown catches. I believe, yes, it was four. <laughs> um, four touchdown catches on a week where leading up to that week, we, we always have to, you know, we like to hit on our successes. We, we try to own up to some of our bad calls as well. We were, it, it wasn't even really a bad call. We just were kind of saying like, uh, I don't know about Marvin Jones. I don't know how about, like, I don't know if I would start him or not. Cause you just never know what he's going to produce. And more often than not, he doesn't do much. Um, and he, of course, the week that we said that, put up four touchdowns. But, <laughs> but, like, I think we even said it. Like, he's just, like, one of those guys who, like, has one or two good games a season. And then the rest is just, like, yep. a, a week like this past week where he has four catches for 20 yards. So, um, I wouldn't expect that out of Marvin Jones every single week. And I think if you look at his overall encompassing numbers, you would know that it's just, again, a guy that, has that potential to go off, but more often than not, he's not doing a whole lot. Yeah, you, you certainly can't rely on it. Um, if you're in a desperate situation a week and you think you might lose by a lot, sure, throw him in there because he might have three, four touchdowns. But <laughs> even that is, uh, I, I mean, unbelievable. He, he had the game of his life, and I'm pretty sure he followed it up with like six points. So, And what is going on with Zach Ertz? Uh, he's being faded out of the picture. Um, something's going on behind the scenes. It's looking like they might be preparing to ship him out somewhere, um, and just have Goddard is her tight end because they're getting the exact same amount of work now. And Goddard's been more successful with what he's had. So I don't know why they're transitioning this way. It doesn't make a lot of sense for a player that's been so productive and influential for them for so long, but it doesn't seem to be uh, Zach Ertz's season. That's for sure. See, I don't. Um, I I think he's got better days ahead of him. I think starting this week as well. Um, so I actually feel good about Zach Ertz moving forward. I think what I don't really even think they're trying to like phase him out or anything like that. I personally just see it as it's like almost like a Patriots move where they're spreading the ball around. They're trying to put things on tape to throw their opponents off and. At the end of the day, they can do so because Goddard Goddard is a really good player. Like, he's got a great skill set. Um, He is a massive target. Huge. He can block extremely well. Um, You know, on any other team, he is the, you know, unquestioned starting tight end. So, why not give him some love and get him worked into the game plan so that you keep defenses honest when Zach Ertz is on the field. So, um, personally, to me, I think, you know, Goddard will just start seeing more attention, and then that's when they start bringing the ball back to Ertz. And uh, even against the tough Bears defense, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Ertz has a touchdown today. Yeah, I'm not so optimistic on that at all. Um, I think he's borderline tight end one at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, As far as fantasy goes, he's a low-end tight end one. 
Yeah, um, I I just wouldn't feel confident starting Ertz, but who are I don't you? Know con- what other like, options I mean, like, he has? Let's be real though, with tight ends, like there's like three guys that you really like are confident every yeah, and, and Nate has two of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Kittle and um, Waller are really the 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 only consistent tight ends, and uh, Kelsey. Yep. So it's like one of those things where it's just like. After those three guys, um, there's not a whole lot of other guys. I mean, at, at least it gives you some level of comfort because of name recognition and the fact that he could progress the mean a little bit and improve uh, going into the second half of the season. So I think he's going to come back to life. I think it's just more so they're putting things on tape to throw defenses off and their offense will continue to evolve more. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it turns around for Ertz. Um, let's look at Caleb and Lennon's team, uh, matchup. So Lennon yep. had a huge week, 172.8 to 144.9 against Caleb. Poor Caleb, man. He, his team had a great week as well. And he just gets put Randall up against buzzsaw here. He, exactly. I mean, wow. And I, all of his production came from four guys cause he had scant, uh, Lennon had Scantling with one catch for four yards and Rudolph with three for 17. And it's just like Rogers, Dalvin Cook, Cooper Cup. I mean, even Jordan Howard just all go <laughs> wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Cooper Cup, this is the week that he had seven for 220 and a touchdown. So Aaron Rodgers had a great game against the Chiefs, which was expected. Dalvin Cook has been great all year. And Derek Goff with that correlation play with Cooper Cup against the Bengals. So um, he had really good matchups going into it. All of his guys ended up showing up. Even Jordan Howard had a productive game. Uh, So it's one of those things where, um, I mean, even Miles Sanders on his bench had a productive game. So (laughs) um, it's really just one of those things where, like, everything went right for Lennon's team. And Caleb's team had a good week. They just didn't completely go off um, like Lennon. He played Matt Schaub in spite of uh, Matt Ryan, and he got 20 points out of Matt Schaub. Yep, yep. You um, just – you plug. it's a plug-and-play, man. Whoever the Atlanta quarterback starting is, you put him in. Yep. Uh, so that was a good move. And then Danny Amendola, it's like he's start. It's like I don't I don't know like in all of my leagues, what do you do with Danny Amendola? Because it's like right. you see him have these eight catch games for a hundred yards, and then it's like to me it's like you the second you decide to put him in your lineup, I mean at least Caleb played him this week, but it's like you know, next week he could have like one catch for four. All I gotta say is, goddamn Caleb, about time you drop Paul Richardson and Thank Chris God. Conley and pick up Amendola and Preston Williams. This has drastically changed the ceiling for his team. Um, and I'm he's so got, glad he's, he's finally done something. And he's got like okay depth here too. Like he's got Damian Williams, Jamal Williams on his bench. Um, he's got Lazard. He's got, um, uh, he's even got, um, uh, not that Gio Bernard matters too much, but um, uh, Evan Ingram at his tight end. So he's actually got – he's like that fourth tight end, I would say. So now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I would, I would trust Evan Ingram week in and week out. Um, and then White and Eckler, I mean, in a normal league, 
that's a little hesitant, but in a full PPR, you can get by with them. Um, they don't have the biggest ceilings ever, considering Melvin Gordon's back and just the Patriots have so many running backs. But um, in a full PPR, you can get by with those guys if you have productive lineups for the rest here or games here from the rest. So, Yeah, and he actually this week traded Damian Williams for Robbie Anderson which is a fantastic move for his team. Yeah, um, that was a one-for-one one trade too, right? Yep, one-for-one. One. And I thought that was a great move. Uh, I think Robbie Anderson could certainly be productive here for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Uh, Jets have one of the easiest schedules moving forward, and Robbie Anderson has been a favorite target of Sam Darnold in years past. So I think that's a great move. Start him every week over either Preston Williams or Danny Amendola, but – I mean, he's looking a lot better now having Robbie, Diggs, and then one of those two, Williams or Amendola, as his starting wide receivers. For him, it's like Diggs. This is unquestioned number one receiver, which isn't ideal, but um, it's it's viable. And then he really has a rotation of receivers that all have a certain level of potential here that he can kind of, you know, play matchup-based, you know, with Hardman and um, – Hardman and Amendola and Preston Williams and Robbie Anderson. So um, he's got a nice depth uh, layer of receivers. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little nervous because I have to play him this week. So, yeah, Caleb's one of those teams. He has a lot of names, guys that can just go off. Um, a lot of really high floor, really low ceiling guys. <laughs> yep. So he's, he's like, he's definitely like a team that could, Kind of play spoiler for the rest of the season, and maybe even sneak in if he just like wins out the rest of the rest of the season here. So, yeah, and flip that around. I said that backwards. A lot of really low floor, high ceiling. Low floor, high ceiling. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's move on and we'll look at you, Jimmy. <laughs> so it looks like Jimmy beat you one thirty yes. to one seventeen. And yep. Jimmy's five and three now. You're three and five. Just looking at this matchup, um, the one thing that really sticks out to me here is, um, I mean, I feel like you're just holding on to Jacoby Brissett for dear life. Um, <laughs> That's all I've got. Like I said, like I think he's a good real-life player. He is not the best fantasy quarterback by any means, and this is kind of what I was expecting out of him. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in a great matchup against Denver. Um, and I, I just unfortunately don't have many options. Andy Dalton, I was feeling pretty good about moving forward rest of season. And then you put he gets <laughs> 330 yards and a touchdown. You're like, oh, I'll just start Andy Dalton for, for the rest of the year. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. He gets benched for like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't even performance-based benching, which is just annoying from a fantasy perspective because he's played, he's been the only good player on that team. And he just got benched because they want to see what they've got in their backup quarterback, which is understandable when you're Owen, what are they? Owen eight, but still frustrating. They're moving on from him because it's like one of those things where like in the NFL, like you need a good quarterback these days to make it to the Super Bowl, And they're just kind of like, Andy Dalton is decent, but he's just never going to be that, like, elite quarterback or really good player. Um, and he's got a limited skill set. So it's like one of those things where they're just like, 
he's good, but he's never going to get us that next level here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at my team here, it's concerning with my record, but I keep trying to remind myself that this is an abnormal league where eight out of 12 teams make the playoffs. So as long as I'm among those eight, um, I just got to look at my team and see who my best players are, put that lineup in and then see how I feel about it. And that I feel really good about, which is keeping me from making any panic moves and trading away my guys here. So hopefully can start scraping out a couple wins to make the playoffs and move forward with the team that I've got. Well, you didn't, you didn't have a good week from your running backs, but you know, you got to figure that. And I, I think this has been happening for you at least, at least one of your two running backs has a really good game. So you just kind of got unlucky with both of them having a bad week at the, on the same week. Um, so I think you're going to get RB one numbers out of at least one of Chubb Henry every single week. And then low end RB two numbers out of the other. Um, and you know, again, like the second biggest weakness is your wide receiver three. So it's like if Devontae Adams can come back this week and be healthy for the rest of the season, then you're in a great spot there. Um, but that OP spot, you kind of have to figure out, you know, maybe you start running with Tannehill here um, in that OP spot um, or do something. But, um, you know, I like I, I think that you, you've had this emotional attachment to Brissett here. <laughs> The man crush needs to just be put on pause a little bit, and you got to look at it without, you know, kind of having that Colts bias. It's my team, man. It's my team. Um, and they were, they were in. Brissett's been great this year, but yeah, starting him over Tannehill against Tampa Bay was a poor decision on my part. Not enough of a poor decision to have changed the outcome of my matchup. Um, but I should have started Tannehill in a great matchup but he only had one week of play under his belt, so I didn't know if I can trust it or not. Turns out you can trust it. Tannehill is an amazing option for the Titans. He has completely changed the way their offense is run, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think I think he'll be pretty decent. Um, and I think he can actually have a – like, I, I actually – people are like, oh, Carolina's defense is going to have a big rebound um, after giving up 51 points to the 49ers last week. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Carolina's defense didn't play well last week. Tennessee's offense has certainly been playing better. Uh, one's trending downwards and another is trending upwards. I could see Tennessee being productive again this week against Carolina. Definitely. And Carolina's run defense is soft. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Derrick Henry is getting 120 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And maybe so. 120 carries to go with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> 120 carries for 120 yards. Yep. They're just going to hand the ball off to him all game and somehow just hold the ball and run every single play of the game. So Yeah, they're going to run 120 plays. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then so we'll look at Jimmy's team here. Got to give him some love because Jimmy's team has really just been rolling pretty well uh, throughout the year. I think that – I mean, look, that Gardner Minshew trade um, is paying off here for him, certainly. Like he – Ridley has been productive for me with that trade, but I mean, obviously, I you know, Sammy Watkins really is no use for me. So, it's like <laughs> trading him, trading Ridley for Minshew, which I thought, was which very is fair. completely fair, yeah. yeah, very fair in the sense that he's gotten a quarterback that he can start every single week. Um, I mean, Minshew put up 24 points, 280 passing yards, and three touchdowns. It's going to be interesting, though, to see what happens here with Nick Foles. 
Um, they've spent all this money for Nick Foles, and he's going to be coming coming back to practice. Um, I think actually this week. So we'll see what happens. I don't personally. I don't really see why they would play Nick Foles at this point if Minshew has another good game because it's like they're they're doing pretty decent here um, with Minshew at quarterback. So well, why why fix something that's not really broken? If Minshew loses. I think that Nick Foles is eligible to come back in two weeks. So if Minshew loses this week or next, but he's eligible I do to play in two weeks. I think he's going to start practicing right. this week. Exactly, exactly. So I think if Minshew loses in one of these two weeks, that they'll go back to Foles. As you said, they invested a lot of money in him, <clears throat> and he looked really good in his first start before he got hurt. Um, he was dropping dimes the whole game, and it was something we hadn't seen from the Jaguars since that completely. Um, fluky Bortles here with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to run away from Minshew here, but they've got a lot of money wrapped up in Foles, so I could see him doing it. But, like, in my opinion, it's, like, one of those things where, like, and I'm, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady by any means. I'm, it, I think it's, I'm just comparing it to the situation where it's, like, you had Drew Bledsoe making all this money, but, like, Tom Brady came in and clearly the offense – worked well with him so they just ran with him moving forward um not the exact same situation of course and i'm not saying Minshew is going to be like tom brady but um all i'm saying is like it's one of those things where like how do you i mean he's been very productive and probably the most productive quarterback since like mark brunell for the jaguars so um <laughs> it's like how do you move on from that yeah it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do for sure. So we'll move on to Kuhar and Tackett's team. And Tackett won in a really close game, which is devastating here for Kuhar, um, just because Kuhar is now 1-7. He's really put up a lot of points for a 1-7 team. Yeah. It's in the same spot that Carl was in last year, uh, where he just got pretty unlucky here with his matchups. <clears throat> Lost 153 to 146.3. And the biggest thing here was for – Tackett's team getting Tevin Coleman, who just completely went off 38 points here um, to compliment Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, that's what did it. And his kicker had 16, um, which you don't normally expect. <laughs> so 38 from Tevin Coleman, and Kuar thinking he's sitting pretty with 43 out of Mike Evans. Ugh. Yeah. That's rough. It, it really looks like Kuar's team, oh, well, they had a couple. I don't know. It, it was a really close matchup. Kuhar's weakness has been Trubisky all year. Um, man, Trubisky with seven points in his OP spot is definitely hurting him. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I saw a report uh, yesterday where they were like, they were like, Trubisky is still our quarterback for now, but we need to see improvement soon. Like, that was a direct, like, comment from a Bears official um, that was leaked to the press. So it's like one of those nice. things where, like, it's real. Like the pressure is on for Trubisky at this point. Like he, the the leash is starting to tighten, and um, you know they're the, obviously the Bears are getting frustrated with his play. Um, they they need to see some improvements soon. Otherwise, there is a real quarterback controversy for a guy that they traded up so many picks for. Um, so they're in a really tough spot. And you look at it like just 
I mean, like, the difference in this game was literally Tackett's kicker and Dan Bailey. And, like, yep. Dan Bailey is not, like, a kicker that you feel like, you know, you could have totally relied on going into this game either to put up 16 points. So, um, Tackett's team's in a really good spot. However, he did just lose T.Y. Hilton, so we'll see what happens with his receivers moving forward. Um, but he's got some nice depth here, too. Yeah, that is devastating to T.Y. And I saw a report that he could be missing three weeks. Yep. Oh, my God. That is devastating to the entire Colts offense. Um, they do not run well without him out there. I think the, they, I think you could, the beneficiary could be Eric Ebron, though. Uh, I think it's going to be him and Jack Doyle. Yeah. Both of them, I think, are going to become a much larger part of that offense. It's just really disappointing. Um that they didn't go out and trade at the deadline for one of these receivers um, like AJ green, you know, they, they need, they need another guy on the other side of TY to take some pressure off because Pascal Chester Rogers. I mean, Paris Campbell has just been, I mean, none of these guys have been looking great yeah. to your team and can't take nice, any pressure. Just a nice pile of, you know, nothing there. So <laughs> exactly. Yes. These are names that Andrew Luck can work magic with, but uh, it's pretty tough for anybody else to do anything with them. It's a problem because, like, opposing teams will game plan around that and be like, okay, we know you're not nearly as dynamic. Like, like everyone's been saying it. T.Y. Hilton getting hurt is, like, a much bigger problem for the Colts than it would be for other teams who lose their top receiver. Just because it, like, really – because of their lack of wide receiver depth, they kind of have to change their whole offense and they don't have that. They don't have that. They can't like put the ball, spread the ball down the field. Now it's like, now they have to really key in on just perfecting the run, which they're good at. Like Marlon Mack, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, I mean, Marlon Mack is like right there with Le'Veon Bell. He has a very similar kind of running style to Le'Veon Bell. So again, like he's good. And their page or the Patriots, the Colts' offensive line is good, um, but when defenses start putting eight guys in the box, they're not too concerned about the receivers that they have to go one on one here with. So, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more scrambling out of Jacoby Brissett. Oh, him, uh, that's not running that's the not ball good, a little bit more. He, uh, personally, he's not like the best. <laughs> he doesn't have the best legs. Um, he doesn't have the best legs, but he doesn't have the worst. And he's a bigger guy, but from a, uh, a team perspective, you don't want to see your quarterback carry the ball and take hits. And, and Jacoby Brissett is a guy that, like, he is not, like, the most nimble scrambler in the world. So it's like, <laughs> no. It's like one of those things where, like, he's one of those guys that if you get him scrambling, bad things happen, and bad things to the extent of, like, he might not – he doesn't have a whole lot of experience doing it. So it's, like, one of those things where – he could take like a bone crushing hit and get knocked out of a game. And then you have no chance. Cause like, I mean, who, who is the Colts backup at that point? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. As a Colts fan, you don't even know. So it's like one of those things no. where like, it's, it's a really bad player. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they dropped. I know their backup was some dude. Uh, Kelly was his last name, Kelly, but he had some like assault charges. So they dropped him. What is so, that Kelly? Chad Kelly, yes. Or whoever, uh, whatever uh, SEC school that was. Um, yeah, so, like, they'll be in a really bad spot if Jacoby Brissett yep. goes down. Um, so, for the sake of time, let's move on uh, real quick here. Look at me and Dennison. So, I ended up beating Dennison 134 to 103. 
uh, putting my team up to six and two, and Denison is three of three and five. Um, man, Denison's just in a really bad spot. He actually went with that strategy that you mentioned earlier in the podcast, where he literally just rolled with his defense on bye instead of playing one. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying any defense that he would have picked up would have gotten him 30 points by any means, but um, I'm not a huge fan of that strategy despite tough scoring. Uh, but really the rest of his team, like D.D. Westbrook, I'm pretty sure D.D. Westbrook got hurt. Um, and then, like, the only other player, like, he, he had Aaron Jones score 42 points on, like, Sunday Night Football or whenever that was, but, like, the rest of his team just didn't do anything. Yeah, like, I'm – this is the worst I've ever seen Denison's team. Like, he had Mahomes and Cam, so both of those guys are down. And his receivers, we already went into the season questioning how his receivers looked, um, which is not good. Uh, not good at all when your top receiver is Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I mean, his team is just – I don't think he's making the playoffs at all. Yeah. Um, I think this could be, in this league, for Denison, a down uh, year. I, I kind of don't see that happening either. Um, I think in our other league, Denison will, will likely make it. He's got a better team over there. Um, but like, like that move for Kyle Allen just is again, coming back to haunt him. Yep. Um, I saw a report this morning and I think it'd be cool since we're doing this on a Sunday morning, we can even go into just all the injury, um, updates and everything that has came out from Schefter overnight. Um, but I mean like Kyle Allen for $61 really set him back because he hasn't been able to bid on anyone else and his receivers just don't really look that great. Uh, uh, on top of that, so he's not in a good spot. I don't really see anything, you know, things turning around anytime soon. So, no, I'm I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gone out and picked up Haskins, who's the only starting quarterback left out there, just because there's so much trash on his team that there's people he can drop for Haskins. He has to because his only starting quarterback who's not hurt is Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen's terrible. So, um, man, $61 on him is really come back to hurt him. Um, cause he could have been on guys like Tannehill when Tannehill became the starter. Yeah. So, yep. For much less. So, or, yeah. I mean, like, like, again, like this was before all of this, but Gardner Minshew, again, I got him for like, I think I got Gardner Minshew for free. Pretty sure you did. Yep. Um, yep. Got Pennies zero, on dollar. Zero dollars. Um, so it's like one of those things where he just really kind of dropped the ball on a acquiring quarterback. And when he did, he just, you know, really pigeonholed himself here. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if he's paying attention much to his fantasy teams anymore. Because it doesn't really seem like a Denison move to not start a defense when he has an open bench slot, it looks like, as well. So that was kind of confusing to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just completely thrown in the towel. Uh, he might be thrown in the towel on this league because he's, he's competitive in the other one. I think he's like like 6-2 and two or 5-3 and three in the other one. So um, we'll look at my team real quick. Sean Watson had another productive week, bounced back from – you know, he's just like one of those guys. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy, but um, even the best have games where they score under 20. Uh, yep. This one he put up 28. Le'Veon Bell had a tough week, but I think he's got he, – if you look at Le'Veon Bell's schedule, like if you have Le'Veon Bell in other leagues or just for anyone out there who has Bell in general, 
Um, he has got an awesome schedule here moving forward. Like going all the way through like week 15, he's got like great matchups every single week. So, you know, I saw this coming. Like I looked at his schedule before I drafted him too. And I was just like, man, the first half is going to be kind of up and down. And it certainly has been exactly that. But like, look at it the rest of this year and you'll be like, you'll be like, wow, he's, he's in for some good weeks starting this week against Miami. So um, yeah, <laughs> not much of a better matchup there. Tyreek Hill, like he's pretty capped. I mean, if he gets six for 76 every week, I'll be happy until Mahomes comes back. Um, and then I had this week, so Daniel Jones went off, uh, which is nice. But I had this week um, David Montgomery on my bench. Um, I don't think you can really blame me. Like, it was kind of hard for me to, in a full PVR, start Montgomery over Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. Like Bell, right? Bell, you just have to start every single week, regardless of the matchup. Um, although maybe that strategy changes for me. Um, but like again, looking at his schedule, I don't know when I would do that. Um, Montgomery, like my problem this week is that Devontae Freeman is now on a bye, and Montgomery um, has got the Philly uh, defense. So it's like one of those things where like. Oh yeah, Montgomery went off last week, but now he's got a really tough run run defense that he has to match up against. So I have to play him this week, but I'm not expecting 25 points certainly. Um, and then I, I'm I'm just dicking around here with Eric Ebron in my tight end spot. So um, <laughs> like, there's not really anything out there in the free agency, and I'm kind of just hoping that Ebron sees an uptick here in usage now that um, T.Y. Hilton's hurt for a few weeks. So yeah, which I think he will. Um... Ebron, he's shown flashes of upside with this Colts team. So I think now he's going to be one of those guys that they rely on pretty heavily with T.Y. out. Yeah, so we'll look at my matchup here against Caleb. So I kind of just went into all of it. Um, I think D.J. Moore could have a solid week against Tennessee. Um, And then I I kind of have no choice but to play Jamison Crowder. Um, So I'm playing two Jets this week, but they're playing Miami. So if there's any week where you you can – think about getting away with two jets it's this one and this could really be because i'm playing caleb so this could really be like the deciding factor here like if jamison crowder gets the ball more than robbie anderson if jamison crowder gets more looks which i think like right now it's trending the other way where like you know most people say that robbie anderson is going to get is going to be more productive than crowder um but we'll see. Like, I feel like Crowder is more of that slot safety blanket kind of player. So I, I think it could go either way. And Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good one. So um, that's going to be probably one of the biggest elements of this matchup between me and Caleb here. Yeah, I am right there with you. I feel very confident in Jamison Crowder this week. In another league, I have him, and I'm actually starting him over in my flex. I'm starting him over Tyrell Williams and Mark Ingram. So wow. um, I like Crowder a lot this week. I think he could get literally 10 catches um, just like in week one. I really do think if Caleb didn't have to start Brandon Allen in his OP, that he would have you this week though. His matchups for his entire team are phenomenal. Um, Just through and through. So I think you're fortunate that he's playing um, this backup quarterback that we have no idea what to expect out of him. And I think you'll, barely get a win here but i think he'll get it well i think Diggs is gonna go off um yep like again it, again like i said like danny amendola 
it's like one of those things with Amendola and Robbie Anderson. Both of them could like go off as well, or they could combine for like four catches and twenty yards between the two of them. <laughs> Seriously, like, like Robbie yeah. Anderson, I think will have a good game. I think he'll put up like a solid ten points for. So I think you have to play him. But like Amendola, the matchup looks great. But it's just like one of those things where like, you know. I could totally just see him like disappearing in this game because that's what he does. So I think Robbie's going to catch like a 50 yard touchdown. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. He'll probably and that'll be one of his only catches. Yard touchdowns just because he's playing me. Uh, <laughs> but like James White and Austin Eakler, that doesn't scare me a whole lot. And, um, you know, I, I do worry about that 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 high scoring expected Detroit Oakland game, like that that again does worry yeah. me. But I agree with you. Like Brandon Allen, I think his first name is Brandon. Um, <laughs> like I, I, so we think. I mean, like like here's the thing. You know, this Brandon Allen guy, he's been on practice squads for like four years. If he was really um, someone that they were high on, he would have gotten a chance earlier. Um, you know, like the Broncos have had opportunities to play quarterbacks over the years. Um, so I think yeah, he's okay. on practice squads, but um, there's a reason why he bounced around practice squads as well. So um, if Brandon Allen gets more than anything more than 10 points, like I would be like very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have a pretty good idea of how your matchup's looking. Um, here in actually kicking off right now, yep. uh, you've got Houston, the Jags. So if Watson puts up another 28 for you, I'd say you're sitting fine. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here. Um, we'll move on to Kuhar and you. So, oh boy, this is like the toilet bowl right now. Kuhar is one and seven, you're three and five. So you get to really kind of climb out of this, but Kuhar is projected to beat you right now. He's got a, a kicker on by. So, um, he does what? Yeah, we'll see if he pays attention and picks up a kicker this morning, but um, currently he is not playing a kicker. Oh, he good. has Boswell. He picked up Boswell on waivers and still hasn't put him in. So I'm sure I'll put him in at like 12.59. Yep. <laughs> He'll be at work and be like, oh, shit. So, Got yeah. Place my kicker. Um, yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, this is – he's got Brady. Uh, he's got Trubisky. Trubisky, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Philly's secondary is – getting better but has still been atrocious all year um again we'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette Fournette right now against uh Houston yeah I think that is the key here um how Fournette ends up oh wow oh man yep he's got he's got a lot of guys in this early game um it it sucks because he has Barkley and Fournette um who are both unquestioned mid to top tier RB ones. Um, yeah, it's scary to go against, but Trubisky um, is in a great matchup, but he sucked all year. So we'll see you watch. He goes off this week. So uh, my thing is like, you know, this is just Kuhar has been running with this recipe all year and it doesn't work like Mike Williams and Hunter Henry in the same lineup. Like, I think you just have to decide to, play Hunter Henry and not play Mike Williams because those guys, they cut into each other's like red zone, red zone looks and stuff. Um, and Hunter Henry is the guy that you got to lean on more. So it's like, but he doesn't really have anyone to 
kind of replace him, I guess, either, at least for this week. So I I have both those guys in another league, and I'm rolling the same thing that QR is doing. It's it's hard not to play them both because Mike Williams is this like he's the epitome of this high upside guy that we haven't seen the upside. So you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and you might be waiting too long. Um keep him in your lineup losing a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, he's been banged up all year too, which is I think why he's not hitting this high end potential that he has. Um, he's had like a kind of a bum knee. So I'm just not a huge fan of it. Like it's, it's like I think only one of them can go off. Like you can't have both of them go off. So you're capping your team. I think rivers is killing Williams. Um, Williams is a, phenomenal deep uh deep ball guy he wins contested catches but philip is under throwing him on all these deep routes like he's had him open on like 45 yard receptions and he under throws him into the defender's head so it's like it philip rivers is really capping mike williams upside and you have to be aware of that i think personally um i don't know what kind of pick the charger is going to have and what the quarterback landscape is going to look like but if for some reason they don't get one of these like top quarterbacks coming out of the draft, um, it'd be interesting to see if Mariota is a guy that comes into you know consideration for like a placeholder kind of quarterback after Rivers. So, man, Mariota, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that guy has just gotten a lot more chances than most just because of his high draft. Oh pedigree. yeah, like he, he's he's a bust at this point, but yeah. I'm saying like he, he could be a decent placeholder quarterback until you find your next franchise guy. So Yeah, or they trade for Nick Foles after the Jags decide to commit to Gardner Minshew. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. The quarterback land I mean, there's a chance that we see Cam Newton as a free agent quarterback. So like you know, this is going to be one of the most interesting free agencies in the NFL, in my opinion, in the last couple of years, just because you have so many quarterbacks that, like, are going to be moving around. And if you have Cam Newton in the free agency, that just doesn't happen. You can't get a guy like that in the free agency. Like, I, I don't even think I can remember a guy of his caliber. Like, I'm not saying Cam Newton's the best quarterback ever, but He's but someone, he offers tremendous upside for your team. He's a starter, yeah. Like he's a guy that you can have a team, like have a team around. And um, if he's a free agent and and test the market here, like he's going to have all the teams lining up for him. So we'll see. That 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 could be really interesting to see what happens with that in the off season. Um, Absolutely. We'll, oh, Kenny Stills already caught a ball. Yay. Yep. There you go. So he's. Kuhar's up uh, two points on you here already. Very um, first play of the game. Nice. <laughs> when we move on, we'll hit uh, Lennon and Tackett. And we got some points here already with this one. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is just starting. Uh, Lennon's got five points out of his kicker, Zane Gonzalez. And Tackett's only got 5.6 points out of Tevin Coleman here. So, Look at the rest of this matchup, and I'm feeling actually like I can see Lennon's team pulling one off here. Yeah, if, I if am. Uh, plays. Exactly. It's weird because you would think he's got a huge advantage after Tackett had Tevin only put up 5.6, but he's still like a 15 point underdog. Um, and that might, I don't know if Thielen's got a projection or not, so that could be contributing to that. But yeah, I definitely 
of all the weeks for Lennon traded for Miles Sanders. Put him in your OP when you can't play another quarterback. Like what he's doing right. All right. I, I don't want to get back on this, but he hasn't touched Miles Sanders since he acquired him. So he put up 22 points last week. Yeah. So I don't really understand why he's not in the OP and Phelan's not playing over Sanu. That doesn't make any sense to me. Sanu's not even a startable player. So, um, uh, Sanu, whatever. Sanu could have a good week. Um, but like, I like the way I would look at it is just like I would have Thielen in the either that wide, wide receiver two or wide receiver three spot. I would consider uh, Miles Sanders. You know, the thing is, he's playing Bears defense, so there there is there is an argument to be made here. Um, well, that's that a better point. spot for Miles Sanders than it is for Jordan Howard. I agree with that for sure. Um, so it's just like one of those things where like his team, it just like sucks. Like he has to pick between Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard every single week. Like we said it when he did this. It's just like whatever. Um, like there's, I don't know why he he would put himself in this position, but he did. So yeah. what's done is done. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to Carl and Jimmy here. So Carl's six and two. Jimmy's five and three. This is pretty much like the matchup of the week here. Um, but Carl has Jacksonville defense, uh, DJ Chark in this game, and then he had Robbie Gold go the other night. Um, Jimmy's got Minshew to run it back here. It's like one of those things, though, where if Minshew does well, DJ Chark is probably going to outscore him. Exactly. Um, or at least offset him. So, like, not the best spot, but, like, you know, Philip Rivers kind of needs to step it up here for Carl on the flip side. Um, and he's also playing Melvin Gordon. So, it's, like, one of those things where, like, I could still see Jimmy winning this game even with not a good game from Minshew. I, I agree with you there. Um, it's kind of an interesting case because I feel like Jimmy's been barely getting wins every week. His team's been pretty average all season. But Carl, on the other hand, is a team that started super hot and is trending down um, a lot lately. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of them pulls this out. I think, I mean, especially with the Cowboys playing the Giants, like he's got Zeke as that hammer on Monday Night Football. Like I just see, I just see Jimmy winning this one um, and could even be winning before Zeke even plays. So uh, Marlon Mack, I think, will have a good game. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and like the highest point total of the entire uh, weekend uh, weekend here. Um, so I'm seeing t- a good, really good game from Lockett and Russell Wilson for that. I got to go here with Jimmy. Agreed. Agreed. I think Jimmy's got this one. Um, Lockett, Russell Wilson. I have a feeling they could connect for a couple touchdowns today. Uh, we'll move on to Jack and Andres. So Andres went out and threw Kenyon Drake into his lineup and got 28 points out of him. Uh, but Christian Kirk kind of offset that by only putting up 3.6, and San Francisco defense didn't help him out by any means by only putting up two. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, Jack's got to update his lineup because he's got James Conner and Jalen Samuels sitting in his RB1 and RB2 slots. Um <laughs> But he doesn't really have any, like, unless he moves on from Kareem Hunt, like, which I don't think he's doing at this point. Like, he doesn't have any running backs to play in James Conner's place. No. And, uh, I mean, Andres and I talked about this earlier this week. This is the best possible week to face Jack with all of his bye weeks. 
and injured running backs. Well, actually, last week when I had him and lost to him, or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Oh, my God. When you you guys had a final score of 76 to 72. That is the worst matchup I've ever seen. It's so bad. Uh, Uh, And he wasn't even even going to, like, try. I mean, he left – Bye week players, injured players in his lineup, and, my and then team when he saw it was shit the bed. Yeah, yeah, your team was shitting the bed so much that he ran out, grabbed a player off waivers. He grabbed Philip and Dorsett. Got the win. Philip Dorsett scored a touchdown on like Monday Night Football against the yep. Jets, and that that yep. was that was the game winning play. And I just like knew it. I was like, he's gonna go out and grab someone, and that person's gonna have a good game, and he's gonna beat me. And it's exactly what happened. Just absolute craziness. <laughs> um, but, like, second worst week, I would say, to play him. Um, I think Andres can probably win this game, though, with a good performance from Kenyon Drake here. So, Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a chance, that's for sure. I just don't know. I, I don't know. He put a lot of faith in this Patriots um, backfield with Sonny Michelle here. But he's got Edelman. So. It's like one of, the, one of those two guys is going to have a productive game. Um, and is Deshaun Jackson back this week? He is. He's expected to play. Oh, that could be the that could be the um, real difference maker here. Deshaun Jackson just comes out and just catches bombs here. So, um, we'll see. I think Andres is in a good spot though uh, to have started the week. And then look at Nate and Dennison. And Dennison had Emmanuel Sanders go off, but then D.D. Uh, Westbrook is is D.D. Westbrook playing? Uh, pretty sure Didi's out. Like that's what I mean. I don't think Dennis is even setting the lineup anymore. And he's got uh, Duke Johnson in his, in his OP spot with his kicker on a bye still sitting there. Um, so it's like Dennison's kind of thrown in the towel here. Um, which, like, I mean, I don't even know if it's going to matter against Nate's team. Nate's team's in a great spot. Um, he's playing Damian Williams though against Minnesota, so that's not an ideal play. By any means. Not at all, but yeah, Nate's been rolling all season. Um, yeah, it it's just heavily in in Nate's favor here. I don't see how he loses. Um, so I think that's about it. So real quick before we go, we'll just I'm, I just want to rattle off since we are doing this on a Sunday morning, just to we'll add a little bit of value for anyone that is going to end up listening before the game. We'll just go to Adam Schefter's Twitter feed real quick. And just name off some injuries, uh, some folks that, um, you know, some notable uh, players that are playing. So Adam Thielen, listed as questionable. He is expected to play, but he's going to test it out right before the game starts. So keep an eye on that. Uh, You have James Conner, who's not expected to play. Deshaun Jackson is expected against the Bears. Eagles also get back Darren Sproles uh, to complement that backfield. And then players that are out here for this week are Will Fuller, Bradley Roby, Cam Newton, Delaney Walker, Terrell Casey, Case Keenum, Vernon Davis, Chris Thompson, T.Y. Hilton, um, Jason Peters, Demarius Randall, and Trey Carson along with O.J. Howard and, of course, Josh Gordon. So um, those are some of the guys. And then for what it's worth, the Packers active activated Jace tight end Jace Sternberger so maybe that's bad news for Devontae Adams I think it could be um 
Well, I don't know. They've been wanting to get Jace work for a while. So, I, and I think he's eventually going to be the, accept, the successor to Jimmy Graham. So maybe they're just trying to get him some usage early. It's as like possible. one of those things, though. Like if they activate a guy like that, they got to not play someone else. So I mean, it could be anyone. But well, yeah. guys like Kumaro could be a healthy scratch if Devontae plays. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So we'll see. Um, I don't, but like. I don't see them with Devontae Adams with this such being such a questionable injury. I don't see them not like it. I, I think they keep all their skill players and they would have to, you know, like deactivate like a lineman or something. Maybe, so. maybe so. Uh, fingers crossed, Devontae is going to be okay. <laughs> and then um, just, just maybe to hit on it uh, because I really enjoyed this when it happened. Former Eagles linebacker Zach Brown, who gave all kinds of shit to Kirk Cousins. He just got he got cut after that week that he called Kirk Cousins out and then he sucked against the Vikings. Well, the Cardinals just signed him uh, yesterday. And then the Seahawks have Josh Gordon here moving forward. So that could be a really interesting move going down the stretch here. Absolutely. I'm very curious to see what they do with Josh Gordon. Um, all right. So I think that's, that's roughly it. Everyone enjoy the – start of the week which we've already we're already underway uh here in europe so good luck in your matchups everyone and thank you for listening to another episode of the fantasy football bros